Hi, I'm Eamon Fennell. This is the Hot Ball, courtesy of AIG and Dublin GAA. On this episode, I caught up with an absolute gem of a bloke. I'm delighted to say we have Anthony Daly on this episode, discussing his time uh, over the six years as Dublin Hurling manager, his time in a Clare jersey, what he's at now, and a look back on everything and anything because it is Anthony Daly. Hope you enjoy it. Hello, welcome to the Hot Ball with AIG and Dublin GAA. It's great to have you back. With, you look like you're in your house in Clare there, right? Well, yeah, I'm, I'm here in West Clare, Emma. Um, nice and peaceful here. The pub beside me, Marty Brown's, is, is closed up, sir. Hopefully, maybe uh, this time two weeks, uh, we might be in a jocker. Yeah, well, we, <laughs> yeah. We, we, yeah, sure. I don't know what way it's going to turn out. It doesn't sound realistic at the moment. Like a place like mine, especially in, in you know, a country pub, and the nearest pub is probably four or five miles away. So, 90 minutes, get out, lads. Do you know, and, uh, you finish the bag of potatoes. Do you know, so <laughs> you're going to yeah, need to get family size packs of potatoes for them. Yeah, 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 yeah. Well, like, we've had, like, for a while, like, we tried doing dinners and breakfasts and stuff like that, but you know what? Between uh, various obstacles, the health inspectors just being so demented about the tiniest things, and then you're looking at the turnover of it. And sure, I suppose we were always doing kind of toasted sandwiches and that, but look, I don't know what's going to happen now. I've the place least, like a good friend of mine, Shane McMahon, and um, so yeah, I try and work with him as best I can, I suppose, in, in terms of the rent or whatever, you know. So, but look, I'd love to see the door open again, and yeah, it's been too long. Uh, I think we'd all love to see the doors opening up back, um, especially in Dublin as well. So where I have a bar, so we can all do with it. Getting back sick to of, sick, sick, sick of fucking cans again this year. <laughs> I know there's only so many you can drink before you start questioning yeah. every decision you've ever made in your life. Absolutely. How, how are you finding it back there? Like, because you, you're to me, you're a guy that has a million and one things on the go, and now you probably had to take a real stop and assess everything yeah the first month was 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 interesting because I, I was just I only got involved in our club under 21s and and we we had we had started the 13th of November with, we haven't won a senior championship in 15 years it's kind of a famine for us and like we trying to get the underage really strong again and we had a good 21 team now we may not have won it but they might be played yet you never know but um yeah we'd work so hard and um then all of a sudden gone, of course, Paddy's weekend, everything was gone, the pub was closed, <laughs> you know, sport was gone, jeez, uh, you know, and all, all the work I do then with media work, like, a, you know, work for the Cork Examiner or the Irish Examiner, they kill shoot me now for saying the Cork Examiner. Cause, <laughs> I'll edit that, uh, don't worry. Alan, Alan, Brogan, Alan Brogan slags me about that the whole time, <laughs> provincial newspaper, uh, go away. But, um, no, um, you know, everything was, but the examiner had been great. And obviously, we didn't, I was on the first Sunday game, I think the first night. But but it looks like we will have a Sunday game back again yeah. now, you know. So, um, better get into the gyms as soon as they open anyway and get into the Atlantic and try and get a few pounds off. Because <laughs> for the first month, I'd say I lost a half stone, but I'd say, geez, I got sick of walking. I got sick of walking, literally sick of walking, off walking, yeah, 10 kilometers. Now, what did you do today? I should say, 10k, 10.5k there, uh, in around Kilrush there, you know, and uh, Jesus, like, it's just, oh, it's boring, anyway, I found it boring, anyway. And then the oh. recovery shake of a can of Guinness as well. Yeah, look, it, I, you know, funny enough then, three, four weeks into it, um, I got a call out of the blue from Irish Rural Link, and they have uh, kind of a county champion in each county for the COVID response unit, you know, now there is massive other COVID response agencies everywhere in the country, obviously, in, in Clare as well. There's 46 uh, voluntary uh, units around every parish and that. But um, the girl that was doing it initially, she got kind of sick and she couldn't do it. So they asked me what I do. It. So she's that, that has given great structure, I have to say, and a responsibility, you know, to be on the end of the phone the whole time being willing to help people, being on the amount of checking Zoom calls, I'm not sure. <laughs> and I'm, I have you on another one now as well, so sorry about that. 
I know no look, yeah, she's no Dublin Dublin owes me nothing. I, I that was a, one of the best six years of my life and uh, so delighted delighted to be able to come on and just chat about about all things Dublin. But yeah, no the the COVID thing, I think it's finishing all right at the end of the month, I suppose, into into phase three. Um but I'd be the type that kind of once I'm in, I'll stay involved, you know, um, and try and see it through because I think there's a whole pile of challenges coming along with opening up, you know. Yeah. Uh, we don't know, even, you know, yourself, the GA, we're all, we're all going balubas to try and train, but the gates are closed and, and uh, we're coming up with novel ways between in West Clare here. I know a lot of the football teams around me, where I live is football country really now, even though I'm from Clare Castle, which would be hurling territory. Yeah. We moved back west to open the pub in '99, and uh, a lot of the football clubs. Every time the tide is out, they're on the beach in Kiki or the White Strand, or, or in Dunbeg, or you know. So, yeah, it's just uh, I wish the gates were open. I have to say at this stage. Yeah, on on that kind of note as well, I kind of think the staycation where people will start holidaying and and the West declare a beautiful place. There's loads going on, like you know. Hopefully, when the doors open up, we'll, we'll start seeing a lot of people taking their holidays out west and uh, having some of them sandwiches you're talking about. Yeah, I used to actually. That was one of the things while I was with the Dubs, then when I, I, you know, to be people saying like, "Have you a clear accent?" Or and the clear accent is very flat for all the world. It's, I mean, the Galway accent, Mayo accent is very west, you know. <laughs> but uh, when the boys would be giving out to me and they'd be all, "How's it going? Nine, yeah, you know," and I'd make the accent worse, like I would say West. <laughs> you know, <laughs> if I'm talking to someone in Clare here, I'll say West. You know, yeah, but yeah. I will say I'll say West if I'm talking to you or or, or any of the boys. You know, and, okay, I was talking to Niall Corcoran yesterday. You know, and uh, you now Niall's a Galway man, so that's not a big problem. But I'd still say West, yeah, yeah. just to keep him reminded. <laughs> You actually had a good relationship with Noel Corcoran. I, I worked with Noel when uh, I was a GPO. And he, well, I think he was on the underdogs for the curling. And then, did you take him on straight after the underdogs, was it? Did no, he, well, he was there when I started. He he, he had played a season there. And, um, ah, okay. Yeah, yeah, he was a great Galway minor, 21, you know. And, Jesus, i never forget the night we beat Galway in 2-11 in the Leinster semi-final. Like, and that, for me, even though we had won the league, that was a lot of the breakthrough night because... Uh, Ryan, Ryan had got sent off that night again. <laughs> but, um, you know, we had 14 men and we beat Galway and Tullamore and, like, Corcoran was just outstanding the same night. And, you know, every time he cleared the ball, just to annoy the Galway management, you know, I know he's a Kilmacud Crocs man at that stage, but he's from Mealyk Aircourt, you know, and Aircourt would be his club, like, you know, uh, originally and where he would have learned all his hurling. So, Every time he cleared the ball, I let her roar off. Come on, air court. You know, I, I much to the annoyance of the Galway bench, like, but it was much says, like, you didn't want him, lads. You could have him if you wanted him, but you didn't want him, you know, yeah, you got yeah. rid of him. So, yeah, there was a bit of crack there. I was, no, nah, nah, he was a great fella. Jeez, he was great throw into Dublin, to be fair, in all aspects, in terms of the coaching as well. Out with Crokes, he's, he's outstanding, you know. Was, was that one element that what you tried to do was to try and get, the lads on board, like, you know, to really stand up for them and, like, having Niall there but playing on the fact that he's from Galway against Galway, ramping that up. Like, some managers might try and play that down a bit and worry about the occasion, getting to a player. You are kind of take the line to kind of amplify that message to say, like, these didn't want you. This is the chance to get back at them. That's hyping them up more so than, than anything. Was that your stance? Yeah, yeah, but that would be very personal, though. I mean, I, I would never let that out to the to the dress oh, yeah, yeah. you know. Yeah, that would be, yeah, oh, yeah, oh, yeah. I, geez, if we met Galway, I'd drive him demented altogether. Like, the Lancer <laughs> final, should drive him demented. <laughs> I, was, I was afraid I was after the overdoing it, you know. But, um, no, sure, look, it was easy, yeah. And the same with Ryan, I suppose, with Tip. And I suppose Ryan was never as motivated when we played Tip and Morris O'Brien. We the three guys, really outsiders and uh, Morris would have been instrumental in beating uh, Limerick um, in the 2011 um, quarterfinal down Turles, you know, so yeah, difficult I'd say, but I always found that Intercounty was very representative if you know what I mean, uh, the club would be more, for me 
kind of beating your own club would be difficult, you know. Uh, but Intercounty, if a crowd didn't want you, they didn't want you, you know. Yeah. Um, and they had enough of you or whatever. And especially with lads working and living in Dublin as well at the time, I mean, the commitment to try and go back up and down to, to let's say, in Morris's situation, Gary Spillane, in Niall's situation, uh, Aircourt, and in Dwyer's situation, um, uh, down to Cashel, like so. I mean, like that, that, that that's very hard. Like, you know, inter county probably you would do it, you know, and loads of lads do do it, but, but um, club level, it's it's and maybe some of your own club lads mightn't be turning up, you know, you, you turn you go down and maybe there's 12 at training and you're after coming from Dublin, so no, yeah, but that'd be very personal with me. I would never mention that in the overall, as far as I was concerned, no more than myself, they were dubs, you know. Yeah, yeah. Uh, mightn't have spoken like a dub, mightn't have eaten like a dub, mightn't have drank like a dub, mightn't have talked like a dub, but you know, you were a dub. If you enlist, you must drill. That was my attitude. And while while you said you were going in and you were going to be with us, that was the end of it. You were no longer a Galway man, a Tip man, a Limerick man, a Clare man. You know, that was yeah. it. But you got to, like, the, out of all them players there, you got the best out of them. And uh, I've kind of seen in some other counties, both football and well, mainly football, not as much hurling now, but when there has been players from different counties playing for other counties, they can nearly be ostracised, you know, and that's just either the team not accepting them or the management haven't been able to kind of gel them into the rest of the squad. But for like Morris, Ryan, Niall, them three lads were pivotal players for you and, and like the team all responded and bought into them. And I think that's an unbelievable trait that you have to be able to gel them all together. Well, like, there were three diff- very different guys, you know, and they're three great mates, obviously, uh, but three diff- very different guys and that uh, Morris came and Morris nearly should have won the Weight Watchers of the Year award the year you arrive, like, because the I think we're all in can. competition for that now, aren't we? Yeah, we're all, we're all, yeah, definitely at the moment. I, I nearly win it if I can get back into <laughs> a couple of the suits I got into for the Sunday game last year. But uh, we have a few weeks to work on it. But like, Mossy was, Mossy was, Jesus, he was nearly obese. But geez, I never saw as much weight to come off a fella as fast because 100% effort. Whereas Dwyer, you know, Corcoran was the ultimate professional kind of guy, you know. Uh, Dwyer, you know, had a big issue with leaving Cashel, which. Yeah, you could understand, you know. Could you not hurry with Dublin? And yes, and in fairness to Dublin County Board, they were strong on that, that you must join a club in Dublin if you're going to play for Dublin. So I think that's a good idea. The, uh, uh, and to manage, micromanage in lots of ways. Uh, yeah. in, a, in, a, in a kind of a great old way, though, you know. There was never really a crossword. Like, if there was a crossword, it was coming from me. Now, you might question something and then you get a double crossword back. So, you know, uh, in that way, he was, he, was, he was a great guy. But the other two were quieter um, and more head down. And, but they, they brought serious steel to the equation. I'm not saying the Dublin heads hadn't steel. Don't anyone tell me that a fella like Liam Ryan or Kevin, Kevin Rasher Ryan hadn't steel. Jesus, yeah. they'd, they'd cut your throat, Stephen Heine. But, uh, you know, they just brought that certain, I suppose, country way of doing things and that's an awful thing to say in some ways I know, but I know what you mean I like uh, and I don't mean it in any there was a bit of cuteness if you know what I mean just that little bit of know-how Mossy had won hearty cups with St. Coleman's he had won two All-Ireland under-21s with Limerick you know and while he'd be filthy in training like he'd be a serial fella for giving away a freeze and so would Dwyer Corkham wouldn't now Corkham be very calculated and every, you know he'd be very disciplined and, and uh, very professional as I said two boys would be desperate for giving away a freeze like, and I had to call them out on it but they still brought a whole pile in terms of lads around them I'd say saw them in training and said that's the way to do it you know and, and I think there was a help you know I didn't I didn't mean it to be a help I didn't I didn't look for these guys as I said Niall was there Ryan expressed an interest because I think Liam Sheedy hadn't got, had got rid of him uh, after 09 and and uh, so Ryan was teaching in Dublin and expressed an interest maybe in getting back in the inter-county scene. So, geez, it was a no-brainer for me because I'd seen him at underage, I'd seen him at colleges and uh, what he brought was something different to, to, to a, lot of, a lot of county teams. Yeah. Could have done with Ryan O'Dwyer. Like. A lot of them Dublin players that, had, that you had on the panel had been playing with each other since 
since God was a boy, like, you know, from a very young age, like, you know, having played each other against club, coming up through Dublin colleges, up through development squads, and they probably know one another. And then I've always found this, when you bring people that haven't been really core to the setup in, you know, there's it, 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 it learnings you can take from these players. There's different ways that they do things. And like, as I said, you got the best out of them. You brought them in where I've seen players go into other counties or into other club teams and they haven't been able to gel and and develop and show their strengths so that can feed into the team. There's a, there's a great story I want to tell you about Ryan Osorio. My first encounter with him was in Copperface Jack. I was going to say it had to be in Copper's like. <laughs> I was at the bar with him and Paul Collins and he turned around and said, what do you want to drink? I said, dealer's choice, whatever you're having. He shouted up to the barman and said, can I have two rhinos wires? I still don't know what was in the drink, but we, we had it. And then he gave me the biggest, sloppiest kiss that I've ever got in my life. Made my wife a bit jealous, yeah. to be honest. He had, a, he, had a go, he had a gold card, I think, around the middle of 2010. And uh, I told him if I'd heard one story, I think, around the March 2010 mark, uh, if I heard one story of him being <laughs> Copperface Jack's, any night, I don't care for after beating Kenny in the league or whatever, and there's no league match for three weeks. But if I hear you were in copper, as I said, you're off the panel. Like, <laughs> look, you had to, you, you'd say as much, you know. But look, what, what I find with that, Eamon, is the, the dubs were brilliant as well. I mean, you couldn't like say, but the Keenies and uh, when he came back, like obviously, fellas like Stephen Heine, David Corton, these guys. They would test you out, like, and if a fella, I mean, there wasn't just the three boys, there was, there was maybe three or four other lads tried their luck with getting on the Dublin County panel, thinking this might be an easy job. <laughs> Do you know, uh, oh, sure, I'm from such and such traditional county, and I, I might throw my lot in with Dublin because my own crowd don't want me, but like the boys would, <laughs> so they weren't, they weren't good enough, number one, and then the lads would, would absolutely test them to the limit like I mean I saw Stephen Heine putting in tackles on the likes of Ryan O'Dwyer and the only reason you'd know then that, that they accepted the likes of Dwyer because he'd stand up to that you know um, and he'd come back for more and then the likes of Heine would say yeah this is a real one so yeah, we, 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 yeah he's a keeper you know um, but you, so you even though he, he, he was a bit of a messer in some ways but he He'd give you everything then when it came to match day and training as well. Like he was a great trainer, I'd have to say. He didn't like to see, he didn't like some of the ways I, I used to do things. But he, um, in terms of the matches and training, but Jay Gosher as strong as he would in a Leinster final, like he, he'd be animal. Like, but you, you had in that squad, like I was obviously lucky enough to be around a few different events that uh, we were doing with the footballers and hurlers. And I remember, like, the crack that the lads were having with you, like, you know, it was just unbelievable. And I, I remember I, I was interviewing Mikey a while ago. I remember Noli, we were at it, we were at a gig, and, and Noli and you were having a bit of banter. I was like, Jay, I never talked to Pat like that. But now, he, you, in fairness, you were given more than you were taking. And uh, the, the joy on the lads' faces, it, like, the hardship that these guys went through for so many years. And probably getting overlooked by the footballers in, in, in so many ways. That's all seemed to go out the window when you came in and there was a new sense of energy. There was a new kind of Mikey touched on it. There was a bit more belief than what was there before. Yeah, I suppose I suppose Emma, you know, the very first training session I took I took, I think, was down Thomas Davis, you know, on the Astro and I just thought their hurling was so slow compared to what I'd be expecting at that level and and uh Jesus, I, I just went through them afterwards. You know, I, I savaged them, I have to say. And I'd say they all went home. We probably brought 40 guys in, as you do at the start, you know. And David Holmes went, this is freaking mad. Like, you know, it's just it's going to be a hardship with him. But that would never be my way. Like, I I was clear captain for eight seasons, but I would always be one of the boys, you know. <laughs> like, But that was probably the beauty of maybe whatever bit of I brought that I could with say a James O'Connor who never drank a pint or a Davy, I could go for a game of golf with them, but then I could have the crack with the other lads, you know. Um, so I, I like to think I brought sort of that um, atmosphere to my managerial time, even with Claire as well, and, and you know, even with club teams, I was involved with 
but you know, once fellas are putting it in, I think it's crucial that you let them have the crack. And I, I wouldn't like to be the dictator either, you know, that kind of way. And yeah. when we used to go off on, on, the, on the training camps and we went to Portugal a couple of times and one year when the plume was in the sky, you remember that? The oh, uh, Icelandic yeah, uh, eruption. Back. Yeah. yeah, we wound up, we wound up in, in, in uh, Castle Bar and uh, talk about a week's brilliant training, but the crack as well. And of course, drink was sort of banned in lots of ways. Now we might let them have one night out, you know, but uh, we would make them do plays and stuff. And Jesus, like, they'd take the piss out of me more than anybody. Like, <laughs> you know, like no, sure would, you know, I know he wouldn't be the slimmest guy on the panel now, let's face it, like, you know, he was a Patter Carton, like, it does. Yeah. No, he'd have a, have a pillow up, up under his, his Dublin tracksuit, like, the winter taking home. me off, like, you know, and, and Paul Ryan then from Bowden was the king of the mimics. Uh, so, I, like, look, yeah, we had great crack, and I always believe there's a time and a place when you're back training, you know, and coming up to serious stuff. And they had to learn that as well. I, I, at the start, like, I just couldn't believe the laxness from what I was used to with Sherlock Dan and, and my time as Clare manager even. And, and, of course, my time as Clare manager, I would have had Brian Lowe and Shani McMahon, Colin Lynch, Davey Fitzgerald, you know, guys that I would have hurled with but knew the regime that we'd gone through and, and uh, the younger lads picked up on that. But when I came to Dublin, I just couldn't believe the kind of... Uh, you know, the general lads, who are we playing today? Like, uh, Cork, is that? You yeah. know, there was, a, there was a bit of like, whereas I'd been there if Cork, Jesus, you'd die roaring to beat them, you know? Yeah, and but like, on that, so like, for, for, for me, training camps were always a bit of crack because there was always that allure that you might get a night out and a bit of a bonding session. They seem to be very, like, I wouldn't say they're out of the game, but they're definitely far and few between, like, you know? But for me, it's a great way of building that rapport with people when the barriers are down. Like you're, you're like, it, what it kind of sounded like to me was you needed to get these lads up to speed very quickly. And what better way to do that than immerse them into a big training camp where you can hammer them on the hurling drills, get their fitness up, call out what needs to be called out. Then at the end of the day, when you step off the pitch, you park it. And then you can kind of break down them barriers to start building that relationship that you did over the six years. Was was that your kind of mindset going into it? Yeah, I, I'm not sure, Eamon. I had any definite mindset going into it because I didn't know what kind of a culture I was going into, and that was that. It was a culture shock, I will say. But but very quickly you knew they were very genuine guys. You know, um, they they were the guys that would do anything. They wanted Dublin. And remember as well, when I did come in, I wasn't coming in taking over a county that were in the Christie Ring or the Joe McDonough. I mean, these guys were, although they suffered an awful defeat, I think two years before I came to Westmead, which they still talk about. I was actually doing radio commentary for RT the same day. Um, but they were beginning to show at underage that, you know, the colleges, combined colleges had won in All-Ireland, the minors had won Leinster, the 21s had won Leinster. So... There was a pool of talent, so but I, I didn't really know what I'd find. And it was a culture shock for me, but quickly got over it because I, I, I believe as a management, we set standards, you know, and uh, um, you know, it was great. Like even that first year involved, like Dublin, I don't think had beaten, uh, Jesus, not talking shit about myself now, Eamon. But, you know, the target was maybe to take down a scalp in Leinster, which would be Kilkenny, uh, Wexford, or Offaly. And obviously Kilkenny would be the way most yeah. difficult at that, like they were in their absolute prime at the time. And you have to remember the year before I came in, they'd given Waterford that unmerciful beat in the other and final, like they probably peaked that year. And, and so we drew Wexford, um, we, we beat Antrim first and then we, we, we had Wexford uh, down in Nolan Park. And you know what, just like to win that day was massive. And I, I'll never forget Liam Ryan and, and, and Kevin Flynn, two former club mates, your own. Yeah, and, yeah, and like great. Quite, what? You know, and Flinner, I think, is in the States now. But, like, what a meant to Flinner. There was tears in his eyes, like, after the match. And he, I'll never forget. I mean, a Clare man involved would have half expected to beat Wexford at the time, to be honest, with the talent <laughs> yeah. I saw in front of me. But it's that mental barrier, you know, um, that you have to get over. And, and the two boys embracing in the dressing room in Nolan Park, that they said to me, Jesus, you know what? This is a huge day, really, you know. Even though they weren't, they were in the twilight of their careers in loads of ways. But, 
what it meant to them to you know and we, we got into the Lancer final and we were only beating two goals by Kilkenny I think two nineteen, nineteen points, but um you know what it meant to them to be in a Leinster final and, and uh that that straight away I knew I was on to a winner. We were topsy turvy and we were inconsistent, but yeah, geez, yeah, you you knew you had lads straight away and, and as I said that, that were willing to buy in. But they were the real what? stalwarts that went through a lot of hardship and you know oh, like God. two two gems of blokes that you mentioned there that literally all the hard yards that had to be walked, they them two walked them and they walked them together. I and <clears throat> I think at the start of you coming in in two thousand and nine, if someone had it offered you a Walsh Cup, a National League, a Leinster, I don't think you would have turned it down. No, no, no. Uh, uh, for sure, I mean, like when I met John Costello, Jerry Harrington, and Mike Connolly over in Killaloo, and like I said, what's your dream? Like, you know, and, and they outlined that they wanted to be contenders, you know, really for an All Ireland. And, and like if you told me we'd walk away with those prizes at the end of it, and, you know, several All Stars as well, and, and, and stuff like that. And uh, still, you know, afterwards, I suppose. I, it's tinged with regret for me that we didn't go all the way because so I would have felt in 13 we were probably after travelling the hard road in Leinster and, and you know, to beat Kilkenny in a replay was remarkable in loads of ways you know um, and then to back that up like eight days later by hammering Galway in the Leinster final now <laughs> the final score was just a hammer but Galway did put it up to us a few times in the game and Brought it back to five points at one stage, and you said, "Jesus, here we go." Yeah. Um, and Joe Canning was after getting a goal, but then to kick on and win the way we won, you really think. And I, I yeah, that's the, the bit I regret. You know that that we could have, and 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 maybe the landscape now, even though I'd probably be long gone. She said, "I might be still there. I might be doing a Brian Cody in it now." But <laughs> you know, look, the landscape now could be so much different. And you know, the, the footballers five in a row. Who knows? It could be six in a row at the end of this year. Like the hurlers could be, you know, looking for a second or third one at this stage. Um, but just, yeah, we didn't. We winning Leinster was always the big one for me. Bob O'Keefe Cup, and we used to always touch them in a sixty-one when we'd eaten in Parnell. Beautiful picture of the sixty-one hurling team that had last won Leinster. Just as you turned the corner there, you know, upstairs in Parnell, yeah, yeah. no one knows it better than yourself. And there's a picture of them there with the Foley's and etc. And all and and we just used to touch the picture. I'd make them a bit like Liverpool. Now I'm no Liverpool fan, but <laughs> I touched. I touch, and I'm not a United fan either. Now, <laughs> yeah, but yeah. Uh, I'd make them touch. I'd say touch the picture, lads. We're going to be there someday. So I mean, to, that day, like when Johnny McCaffrey went up for the the Bob O'Keefe, you know, and that that was magic. Like, but Jesus, the chance was there. It was Claire Cork, Limerick Claire. Like you'd know Kilkenny, you'd know Tip Cork weren't the power. That they, that they used to be maybe, you know, six, seven years earlier, uh, it was a real, real chance. And, and it haunts me, I have to say, at this day. But I was going to yes, say, you'll be yeah. dissecting that game for the rest of your life on many a bar still, I, I, I feel, at this stage. But like on, on the positive front on it, what it did was it gave the lads belief that wasn't there before. And Mikey spoke about that when I asked him about what, do you, what did he feel was missing from the team? that stopped him getting to where he wanted to be um, and winning in All-Ireland. And he just felt it was belief. If we could win one, it was that domino effect where two, three, four may come down the line. But it was getting the lads to actually believe. And, it, and he spoke in volumes to say, that's what you did best, was to build that belief with them. So having them moments where you see Johnny walking up the steps, winning, in, uh, winning the Walsh Cup with, with the lads, I'm sure they're the moments that you look back at and just go, yeah, that's what made it worthwhile. Them, all them trips from uh, the tourist track to the, the lovely pitches in Parnell Park as well. You know, I mean, Parnell to me is fabulous. Like, we, yeah. we, we don't even, I think in my six years, I think we lost one league game in Parnell. Like, you know, we lost, no, we, we didn't too many championship games there, obviously, you now because they'd be neutral, but we, we beat Wexford there in 13 in the replay. But, um, we, I think we only lost one league game by a point to Galway. A game we should have won now, if, if it serves me correctly, about 12. So we, we had an incredible record in Parnell. So I, I think Parnell's a great place as well. Like, 
when it's full, Jesus, oh, yeah. going to play like a 10,000 in there, you know? No, and, uh, and like when I, when I joined the Dublin team in 2005, playing Mead in, in Parnell Park, where we had a few lads sent off. Uh, two, it was 2008 was the game, but them games from 2005 and O'Born Cup, and in, you remember them so fondly because of the atmosphere, the hype, you could hear people and just going to Dublin games when you're younger. And I think that always resonates with players as well. When they've been around, they've wanted to get on to, like everyone wants to get to Crow Park. But did Alan Brogan, did Alan Brogan start the road at the um, as well, did he? <laughs> he started and ran, does what Alan does best, you know. That's what he did in Oman, wasn't it? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Calls the big ruckus and then goes hiding behind pillar. Uh, <laughs> uh, he, would, he wouldn't mind me saying that. <laughs> no. <laughs> yeah, but there's something you touched on earlier on about standards and about management setting standards and that was a big thing the dodo t-shirts i read your article that you wrote about the examiner just tell us about how they came along because i thought that was a brilliant idea oh jesus it all goes back to a teacher of mine the late great john finn who was a, he's a lovely fellow in st flannan's and john used to have a system where he'd have the dodos who got kind of under 30 percent would be sitting together and then he used to have the Billy Dodo was the second worst in that test. And then the Nanny Dodo was the worst. And by Jesus, if you were the Billy or the Nanny Dodo, you'd, you'd put your head down and study your maths or your Irish yeah. to get out of the Dodo group, you know? So, like, and we, 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 we had serial guys giving away a freeze and, you know, thinking, he's I'm going hard, I'm tackling hard. Like, not my fault if the ref is calling it a free and this, that and the other. But, like, it turned out anyway, we did with the video analysis we getting huge, I suppose, at the time, and we did analysis on two league games, and the biggest offender was Cuddlekini. Like who's back from the football? And and to be honest, your Cuddle coming back from the football, probably for me, is the biggest instigator of Dublin Hurling going on to win a league and a championship, you know. Jesus, yeah. a man like that to come back to us, you know, it was incredible. But anyway, uh, we called him out and I suggested like we're going I'm going setting up this thing about the Dodos, like the serial offenders. And in fairness to Keeney, he took it on board and he went, he went away and got six Dodo t-shirts. Like, you know, and it was just a crack. And you'd give it to lads as well that were after having a great night. You know, and I often got a phone call on the way home, you know, and, be, and I, I said it in the article, it beat the wire a lot of the time, like, you know. Yeah, yeah. And I'd say, to Ryan, why did you shoot over your shoulder from the sideline 25 yards out when the ball should have been recycled into a shooting zone, like, you know. Ah, but I, I, I could nail them Dale on normally, like, you know, I said, that's not good enough for me, kid. You're in a Dodo jersey Tuesday or Thursday night or whatever, you know, so. But anyway, yeah, I was looking, it was of its time as well, Emo, I'd say, you know, you, you'd probably be up in court now if you did it to somebody, you know. You're bullying my young fella, age 27, uh, you know. So, yeah, look, yeah, it was yeah. a bit of crack, but it, it, it was great crack as well because, yeah, the Dodos tonight are, you know, and it could be, you know, Stephen Heine, Johnny McCaffrey, the captain. Yeah, yeah. You know, and, uh, but it was a great way. Dodo short. <laughs> <laughs> I love your accent, by the way. You've always been practicing on that. But I, I love the way Mikey even said it. He, he was walking out of uh, Parmarnock one day after being going into the sea for a recovery swim, and he, he'd been hurling great all week. and. Uh, he, like his words, he was on cloud nine, and then you pulled him aside and said, "Do you think you could give more?" And Mike was like, yeah, "Well, doing what, doing what I can." And you were like, "No, do you think you could give more?" And Mikey said he, he kind of challenged you a bit at the time, and when he actually had the time to to reflect and look at it, it was like your way of giving him a kick up the hole to say, "Look, don't be getting a big head. There's more in you now. Don't be thinking you're on top of the world." And the Dodo jersey, obviously. Epitophies that, like you know, what you're trying to do. Yeah, I suppose it, that was you know the Dodo jersey was a bit of crack, and and it was a way of you know. I love it, love it. Yeah, it was good. It was good crack. It was great, great fun as well. It used to be great fun in school. Even the man that came up with it, he he's dead since he died young enough. John Finney was a great guy, but the Mikey thing more to me and was like I saw more in my my carton than just having a good league. Like I. Oh, Mike Carton didn't win an all-star like for me would be an injustice in lots of ways. I mean, Jesus, when he opened up in, in, in 13 and even in 14, when we we finished terribly, I suppose, at the end of my time, Jesus, Mick Carton to me was was the best wing back in Ireland. Like, you know, and I just saw more in Michael, you know, uh, and I didn't think 
Michael kind of cruised along in lots of ways, you know, mm. <laughs> in, in his personality as well. Like, you know, there is that lovely, gentle streak that you'd love his company, sure. I mean, if we were having a point together after league games, you, you'd be drawn to Mikey nearly, you know, because he'd say, well, how'd you felt that went today, Mike? Oh, it was great, the hell, wasn't it? Do you know, <laughs> it'd never be a, jeez, we were shocking, you know. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Like, he, 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 like, and I just, I, I think I remember, I think I remember that. It's hard to remember everything in the six years and dealing with everybody. But I, if if I was having a go at Mikey like that, because Mikey would be hurling well, you know, when he was there, because Mikey lost interest a little bit in the middle of it, maybe a few injuries and things, but, you know, he, he missed out on the league medal in 11, but then he came back to be outstanding for us for the rest of the year. And, um, 13 outstanding again like uh, but I, I would have felt there was more in Mikey than you know settling for being I'd often challenge a lad like are you, are you going to go home happy tonight having a great game or do you want to be a man to match do you know that would be my theory on that like is you won't get too many days where you'll get the chance to be a man to match do you know but you get lots of days probably where you gosh he's uh, you know Emma Fenley had a great game you know he was very good as well but yeah. are you going to seize the day and be the best you can be? Like, and I, I, I felt that that kind of natural ability was in Mike, and and I think it's probably proven right on that. But she's Mikey's outstanding. Like, he's, but did he ever? Did... He had the attitude as well, Eamon. Then, like, you know, he's cool. Yeah, cool, like, he'd get excited. Like, no, but like that stuff, like where you're talking about slapping the picture and uh, like trying to get people to get the best out of themselves. What is your, what is it that you do to motivate people? Like uh, I've heard stories of big rousing rousing speeches, but like, do you get inspiration? And like, don't want to be too cheesy, but like saying any given Sunday or stuff like that. It's about inches, or do you look at different things? From you seem to be really big into history and heritage of of counties and teams, and 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 playing on the honour that has gone before them. Is that more the approach you would take rather than the big Hollywood rousing speech? I, pro- I, pro- I probably evolved them over over the six years, you know. Uh, <laughs> it's going everything. <laughs> I, yeah, every, every, like every time we went from Vincent's, we used to meet in Vincent's actually upstairs before going into Croker um, or maybe across the Parnell for a huge league game. And we'd put on the foggy dew, like, you know, where the city that fought the oh, empire, man. like, and me, me from Clare, like, but I wasn't long buying into that theory either, like, you know, and, <laughs> Then I think the shit was betting out of us in 12 after putting on the foggy dew going into uh, Port Leash against Kilkenny and the foggy the foggy was barred then from the bus and fellas had their own yokes on and I said Jesus move away from that but geez, then we won the Leinster final I tell you on the way over to the sunny bank for the few points straight after the match the foggy dew was blaring like you know so look I, I yeah what look at if you win everything is right isn't it yeah yeah I mean, sure, before the league final, sure, I arrived out in, in, the, in the Hogan stand dressing rooms, as you'd know them in Croker, you know, like fabulous. Nothing like we've ever seen in dressing rooms, really, like even in Torless or in Parky Heave, uh, nothing like them. And uh, I arrived out with a pair of swimming goggles, a swimming hat and a, a pair of Speedos, which were a bit small for me, I mean. <laughs> and I walked into the middle of the players' dressing room. You know the way the management had their own dressing room? Yeah, yeah, yeah. In my best limerick, because it's a great Limerick one, a slag and clear, like it was just, there's a pool and all in this, the Limerick guys would say, you know, about a hotel. There's a pool and all in this. Just, there's the pool. I think Morris O'Brien was the only one that probably got the joke element. But I remember Keeney looking at me, and I remember we were going for a few beers the following day with the late great Andy Kettle up to, up to North Dublin, up to, up to his, his country up there. Uh, bar. Yeah, Fingal, what, Fingal Ravens, is it? That Fingal club? Ravens, yeah. Fingal okay. Ravens. Yeah, sure, Andy captured me seven stake and we brought Dwyer just to keep him out of harm's way with us. It's easier watch him than not watch him and hear yeah. about him. <laughs> and uh, I, I, remember that, I remember that night, like we came back into the city, sure, we were having a great night and we had a few weeks to the champion and we were going to enjoy it. Like, uh, I remember Keeney saying to me, like, I've never seen the likes of that stunt in my whole life. He says, Jesus, I'll tell you one thing, it's a good thing we won that match. He says, I'd have been walking off this panel. He says, and I, says, I thought you were a bit too tense, Connell. I says, I said, I felt I needed to lighten the mood a small bit. Like, you know, you certainly lightened the mood anyway. He says, you know, sure, if it backfired, you were, you know, and other days then you'd rant and rave about, you know, what are you about? What, what does this mean to you? What did your club mean to you? What did your family mean to you? You know, so, oh, geez, I tried everything. <laughs> if I literally talk, everything I, I, yeah. yeah 
But then you, you, the sports psychologists as well, you know, from dealing with Declan Coyle, Liam Morgan, like Gary Keegan, the man that headed up the boxing. Yeah, yeah, great well, I mean, I mean, and, and Gary very rarely dealt with the players, but he dealt with the management. Like, I remember when we drew with Kilkenny, we had one of these, you know, the, not a Zoom call now at the time, but we had one of these conference calls. Yeah. Which he set up. And Gary was on it, and I was kind of saying... Fucking lads, we had them beaten like you know, and jeez, how did we let Reed in for the last point? And you know, and Gary just cut in, he says, Dale, is that the way you're feeling here? I just you know, Joe, I'll be grand, Gary. Like, he says, Don't come to Dublin tomorrow night for training if that's your attitude. He said, Like, you know, and like, I, I distinctly remember going back the following day, threw myself into the Atlantic, probably had a few points on the Monday night, and, and threw myself into the Atlantic on, on the Monday and said, oh, Jesus, you're going up tonight saying we're beating Kilkenny in this week. There, that's That was the brilliance of Gary Keegan, you know, to step up to the plate. And, uh, yeah, we had, we, you know, great guys evolved. And, as I said, I evolved, I suppose, no more than anybody. And I was probably better at it at the end. And then you finally, like most things, you lose... And we lost the tip in a large quarterfinal down Torless. And you've done six years. And the natural thing, probably probably a few players as well that maybe weren't getting their place as often as they'd like. We're getting a bit itchy, you know, yourself. Yeah, <laughs> the yeah. way it can go, like, you know. And, and, and uh, I felt a few rumblings and I just said, look, I've never, I've never had a bad day here, really. I've done loads of bad days on the field, but in terms of getting on with people, I've had no real bad times, so... Yeah, I felt it was the time to walk away and it was all over so quick. But yeah, you probably are better at it at the end of it than you are at the start, for sure. <laughs> you, like, you spoke about walking away there. Obviously a really tough thing to do after going through six years and winning a Leinster, I think, for, for the first time in 65 years and, and, and a Walsh Cup and a National League. And, and all these things really matter to lads that have been there and have actually beaten Kilkenny underage and just haven't been able to do it at a senior level. So moving away and actually taking time to reflect, I know you've gone into like club work and all that kind of stuff, but there was rumours when Pat stepped aside that your name was thrown into the hat there. Did you ever get the itch to come back or is that something you want to scratch? Ah, yeah, Jesus, I did. And I suppose, uh, you know, yeah, got a few couple of phone calls, you know, would I have any interest or put my name in the hat. But in fairness, I suppose they went for Joe Cunningham. That started off great. It didn't finish up too good, I suppose. Um, and then Pat came in, which was a kind of a completely blindside thing that anybody would thought Pat Kilroy would come in with the hurlers. And, but he did a great job, as he would do, of course. Big, you know, great professional, I suppose, and, and really organised. He's just an that, asshole uh, that's good at everything, isn't he? Yeah, he is, he is, he is, he is. But you could, you could still have a pint with him, that, couldn't you? You know, yeah, that's a, and that's a big one. Like for me, like uh, I, some of these guys, you know, geez, would you like to have a fight with him? No, but Gilroy would be just probably a multi-millionaire, win everything that he goes at, and you still like to have a pint with him. So that's uh, and the rows we used to have like over players and oh, Jesus, war like, but, <laughs> but but then we'd have a row and it'd be over. But you'd yeah. have a row with another manager and it would linger, you know. So that was Pat and Pat did a great job. And then they gone from Matty and. Obviously, Matty had huge success with Kool Aid, you know. So, and then Matty last year, geez, I was at the Galway game, and geez, what a win! Like to come out of Leinster and then for it to go wrong against Leash, I suppose, you know. So, I'm sure we don't know what way this year will go. So, hopefully, it will drive on. As I said, I got involved with Crooks uh, two years ago for a year, for a year, because it was going to be, but like Richie. We involved the Crooks and also our doctor, Professor Chris Thompson in Beaumont there. And they, they pulled the heartstrings and I got involved and yeah, geez, we had a heartbreak, you know, the first year with the replay. Jeez, lose What a game. And, what a game. And yeah, like, there, there were two two brilliant games, Eamon, like, you know, draw and replay, like they were just incredible games of hurling and, and uh typical board and great, great club though. They stood up and they Especially going up against your own mate Joey, like you know, that must have been they got games like that that have a bit more mean and give it a bit more bite. Ah, yeah, I'd look at Joe Fortune's a top guy, and he's a guy I believe should be given a shot at the Dublin job in the future. You know, I I think he's a great guy. You know, and what even what he's what he has achieved at Bowden, like that was an aging team in lots of ways, and we were the hot favourites. We'd knocked out Kula, 
and like yet the defiance came out of course and the likes of Heine and Keeney and Curtin and Lambert and Durkin and all the fellas and, and you know what I mean, after that replay as heartbroken and all as you are because once you enlist you must drill with it with a club or a county and I was a Crokes man for those couple of years but you know, even going across to that dressing room and they singing and dancing the respect they showed me when I went in as, as the losing manager and I, I remember distinctly saying I would have won nothing or I would be nobody only for you guys you know I, I'm looking at the faces here in front of me you know uh, and that's that, that Bowden are a great great club like and I, I affectionately used to call them Junction 12 because Crokes was Junction 14 on my way down the M50 you know um, yeah. but look we, we, we could have won we'd have free to win it the first day Gary Maguire should have definitely got a red card the second day I love Gary <laughs> at the same time you know but uh, look that's sport that's sport we get involved we give it everything and you get an outcome eventually don't you yeah but well, like you're sound like you're at that stage now where you're itching to get back you've just been <laughs> I'm actually, I'm actually like like yourself now. Uh, I did a podcast this morning um, uh, for the Irish Examiner with the great John Connolly of Castlegar, Galway legend, like, and uh, I'm actually enjoying that side of life now. The media work, you know, maybe there's only a certain lifespan, and I don't know. I did nine years intercounty management, which is three with Clare, six with Dublin, which is probably nearly unheard of to stay to stay in age. But I started the jungle course. I. I was still hurling with the club when I took over as Slayer manager, so it was a bit mad. Like uh, I, I probably started too green, but um, you never know. I, I, I don't know. You know what? That's the way I look at it. I, I'm quite happy at the moment. I'm looking forward to going to the Boar's Head for a pint <laughs> after the All Ireland hurling final on the 20th of December. Yeah. You know, so like the biggest piss up in history. How, how mad would that? We'll be home for the Christmas dinner. You know. <laughs> uh, so look, yeah, uh, and we. Ironically, we were the 25-year team from '95. This year was our we, we were coming oh, out waving, yeah, you know, yeah, yeah. yeah. And we had so many plans. We were going to Portugal for a few days, and uh, we 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 got our suits and all for coming out waving at halftime. So hopefully, the GA will uphold that end of it. If the, if there is an All Ireland, you know that that um, they yeah. will bring out the 25-year teams, and we get an old weekend in Dublin out of it. Uh, that'd be amazing. I think it's going to be a huge challenge, though, just to try and get into them suits now. <laughs> you know, there's a there's a bit of Atlantic swimming to be done, Eamon, and a a bit of, a bit of running and walking. Well, running now has gone beyond me, but uh, walking is probably yeah, yeah. This, this, uh, as someone said to me one time, "What are you going to do to lose the weight?" And I said, "Geez, I don't know." And he says, "It's like this." He suppose he said, "To shove back from the table and shove into the gym." <laughs> you know, <laughs> it can be done. It can be done. It can be done. Yeah, hard baby steps. You don't want to push yourself through too much hardship now when it's already tough time. So, baby steps. Look, Dale, I have two more questions if you just do me the honour of answering them. The la second last one is just the favorite, your favourite player you've ever played with. Oh, it's an easy one. An easy one for me, Ian. And uh, Brian Lohan will be the favourite player. He might be my favourite player on the thick and feely. He wouldn't hand pass the ball to if <laughs> take away from one of his own clearances to save his life but uh, uh, he was an inspiration for us like I mean we were blessed with, with Brian at three and Shawnee McMahon at six we, we had the best full back and centre back in the game for possibly 30 years I'd say and uh, but Lohan for me would swing it uh, Lohan Lohan was an inspirational I have to say you know Jesus like he Jesus we you know we had the same six backs seven guys manned the six backs for about Eight years nearly. That's fair going, like at intercounty level, you know. Yeah. yeah. Uh, so, yeah, and Brian. While I was captain, Brian was the leader in loads of ways. Uh, easily, Brian Lawn is my favourite player. Yeah. All right. The, your favourite player you've ever coached? Ah, that's murder. Like you can't be asking that tough. Oh, I've asked it. I've asked it. It doesn't have to be Dublin. It doesn't have to be Dublin. Ah, sure. Look at I. I was lucky. I got to coach my favourite player for three years. Would you believe? Uh, and they go. stayed with me, Shawnee, Shawnee and Brian. When I quit with Clare in 06 after doing 04, 04, 05 and 06, the two boys was, was retired as well. So there was an awful bond between the three of us and uh, I suppose a pleasure to coach them. And yeah, that Clare team, I have to say Tony Griffin, Tony Carmody, they were great guys. But the dubs, you know, I, 
There were so many. She's coach Stephen Heine mightn't have been the most skillful hurler um, that you ever dealt with, but he'd, he'd go out through the wall for you, like, you know, and he, he just, and he inside ejecting himself, checking his bloods for diabetes at half time. Like, what a warrior, like, you know, but I would say if I had to pick one of them, and I, this would be very unfair because I'd be very tempted to go for Johnny McCaffrey, I thought, who was a brilliant captain, you know, uh, he really, while he wasn't probably the quickest player, but like myself, he was a great leader. He, he trained like, like you'd love. But if I had to pick one of them, I'd have a soft spot for Dotsie, I'd have to say, who you probably played football with. Oh, um, yeah, uh, Dots, that, the Dots is a special guy. And I think, you know, him coming back, as I said about Connell coming back as well. You know, but the Dots, there was some, just something about him that made him special, I think. And, and uh, coming from the marks of Tala and, and uh, being... He was a brilliant player as well. Like he was an absolute brilliant player. And but it, you could you could say anything to Dotsie. You know, you could you could you could actually absolutely shoot the breeze with Dotsie about how bad we were, and why are we so bad, Dots? And what can we do to make this right? And we would have a a grown up conversation about that. You know, even though a manager to player might seem weird, but we would have a proper, deadly on straight on conversation. He was a, he was a special bloke, and I. I you know, he is a special bloke and, uh, you know, I would have lost contact with a few of them, but you'd always have the out text and that's yeah, every so often. Yeah. We have a great picture after beating Kilkenny in the replay. The two of us with our arm, each other coming down the tunnel, our arms around each other coming down the tunnel in, in Port Leash and uh, there's one I have up behind the bar down the pub, you know, so, ah, yeah, amazing. I picked that, I picked that to you over the rest of them. <laughs> <laughs> no, he, well, that's who was for me, he was always one of them players that has magic in his boots that can just, change a game uh, and make something out of nothing. But also, as you said, I've been in a dressing room with him and I've never met a person that's gone, oh, he's an asshole. You know, he just gets on with everyone and yeah. he has a lovely manner and demeanour about him, which I think transcends through the team as well. So, I, yeah. One year, Raymond, one year, Raymond, just to finish, not to be delaying you all night. Oh, right. One year, we had Declan Coyle in as, as, as the psychological coach, you know, the sports psychologist, whatever. And Declan got to know all the lads. He was great. He came to Portugal with us and all that year. And he christened Dotsy the Dalai Lama. So <laughs> if there's higher if there's higher praise than that, I don't know of it, you know. So that that sums up the dots for me anyway. Yeah. Well uh, all the lads with the Dodo t shirts and he had the Dalai Lama t shirt as well. So yeah. Dodo, oh. Dodo teach Dotsy never got a Dodo t shirt. <laughs> T-shirts bet. Uh, well, look, Dalo, I really appreciate you giving up the time because uh, I know you're a busy man, even though you're you're not doing as much analysis or punditry or, or bar work that you'd normally do or even coursing, but still at the same time, the role that you're taking on with the Clare champion for coronavirus and all the media work that you're kind of still doing with the examiner and all, it's been, it's been great to catch up and give me an hour of your, of your life. So I hope you enjoyed it as much as I did. Uh, I'm sure we'll we'll have a point one day, hopefully in the not too distant future. Uh, yeah, and then we can start the exercise plan after that. Absolutely, and, <laughs> and look at we'll we'll have the point in, and we won't have the Rhino Dwyer special. <laughs> I think it's banned from the menu. Uh, oh yeah, I don't want to. I don't want to. Thanks after that again. Well, look, Dale, cheers. Thanks for your time. Thanks a million, Emo. Best of luck. Talk to you soon.